The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Weihnachten, die schönste Zeit, wo im Schimmer vieler Kerzen wir vergessen sollen Stress und Streit, dann zieht Friede ein in unsere Herzen. Tja, das hat bei uns mal so gar nicht funktioniert. Aber Weihnachten ist doch noch nicht vorbei. Wir sind nur so stark, wie wir vereint sind und so schwach, wie wir getrennt sind. Wow, Oma. Das ist richtig weise. Das ist nicht von mir, das ist von Dumbledore aus Harry Potter. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where we try and find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and with me as always are my co-hosts Brian. Hello! And John. Hello. Mm, nobody nobody wanted to throw in a Gutentag, huh? Okay, alright. No, because I forgot. I was just reloading to the mic to do a very hasty Gutentag. That takes me back to one of my favorite commercials on TV, and it was when those Feed the Arts commercials were really popular, and it was Johann Brahms' cereal, and Johann Brahms bursts into a kitchen area first thing in the morning and just yells, Guten Tag! And it gets me every time. What's that from? Feed your kids the art. Oh, feed them the art. It's a, Feed him. That's a very effective PSA that whoever made made a lasting impression on Baby Brian. So No, it's, no, this is like a, teenagers. German is maybe the funniest language. <laughs> there's, I, think I think there's a lot we can talk about <laughs> in that vein in relation to what we watched for today. We watched functionally three hours of weird cuckold stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is certainly one way to describe it. I mean, we are we're winding up our bonus episodes before kicking off our third season. Choo-choo. Three seasons and a movie. Yes, <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there ever so slowly, but we're getting there. But you know, before we really dive into the episode, I always like to see how my co-hosts are doing. How's how's fall treating you guys? Uh, we can finally use our back balcony without melting, which is great. Um, We're a west-facing condo in Salt Lake City. So for the past few months, between uh, 1 p.m. and 9 p.m., it is a furnace. Uh, Even as soon as the sun goes down, uh, there's a lot of of tile that just has absorbed that heat and radiates it. And uh, it's not fun, but it's still a great view. I'm just already ready to spring into summer, baby. John says, skip the third season. Bonus episodes only. Yeah, exactly. This is when we're at our prime. Yep. When, yep. We're, when we're talking about weird German fetish television. What? German what, what fetish, fetish television? What fetish are you, did you pick up on, John? Cuckolding. I'm... <laughs> I think we're... Most gonna... of this episode, most of this is about weird, weird family stuff. I... And... I wouldn't say it's that. Uh, it has the most, the most unnecessary plot about two brothers switching high school girlfriends that I could <laughs> imagine being in literally anything. I think a porn director would would get this script and be like, I think people are gonna find that a little un. This just makes far. me think that uh, Germany uh, is stuck, or not even stuck, but Germany uh, film production 
uh, has just reached late 90s, early 2000s Hallmark story plots. <laughs> well, it was based on a book, if you guys saw at the beginning. Was it based uh, off a Hallmark book? No, it was based off a German book that was called, if I recall, I wrote it down because I thought it was funny, Seven Kilo in Three Tagen. And what is the oh. uh, original German title? Uh, that that uh, that that was it. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay, sorry. By by. Also, this was the other reason I wrote this down is because it's by Christian, and this is in air quotes. Poker beats. Huber. Oh, that's definitely someone who gave them their own gave themselves an, their own nickname. That's his DJ name, man. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, because he's he's a he's a guy varied interests. He loves techno and he loves Christmas and he loves. Stoinking his brother's high school girlfriend. Yeah, that there's a question for you. What do you think the original author's perspective was of this movie? Was he the brother, Cuckolding? Cuckolding? John, how'd you pronounce it? Cuckolding? Am I saying that right? C- uh, I think you can say it whatever way your heart okay. pleases you. Okay. To say it. Um, do you and think they cuckold each other? Do you think he was the younger brother, or do you think he was the older brother? Man, probably the older brother. I feel like you write this movie if you're the fail son who's into art. Yeah, I mean, you just swap struggling musician for struggling writer, and it's 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 a mirror on his life. Probably R- really struggling anything. Yeah, you know, struggling actor. Well, to give our listeners a little more context for all this talk of cuckolding, we should do that, shouldn't we? Let's let's do a little summary. If you haven't caught on, we're doing something a little bit different uh, as we were kind of running. I don't want to say running out of ideas, but just trying to think of some ways to keep the podcast fresh. We thought, hey, let's uh, let's see what our our foreign listeners look like. And uh, our number one non English speaking foreign listener country is Germany. Yay. Thank you, Germany. Guten Tag, homies. Dank. Danke. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Just glad it's not French. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be watching the Emily in Paris Christmas episode next year. <laughs> and I'm sorry I'll be unable to attend because I will be dead before I do that. <laughs> uh, it's actually Amelie in Paris. <laughs> Amelie? Amelie? Can't start stealing other... Uh, podcast bits. I just said a thing, Chris. Okay. I just okay. said I just said one all word. All right, all right, Brian. Well, anyway, this led us to find a little show called Over Christmas, which is a German limited series that originally debuted on November twenty seventh, twenty twenty. It's available to stream on Netflix if you'd like to watch it for yourself. But if you haven't. Here's a little bit of what happened, and I do mean a little because I kind of forgot to write the summary in, so this is just a very broad picture of what happened. <laughs> He's using his wide brush today. Yes. Bastian is a struggling musician in Berlin who goes back to his hometown for Christmas, only to discover his brother is now dating his ex-girlfriend and has brought her home for the holidays as well. He escapes to the townie bar and reconnects with old friends and ends up sleeping with Karina, who turns out to be his brother's ex-girlfriend from high school. Bastion then spends some time being sad and making people angry. Uh, we find out his dad has cancer, which is why his family's trying to have a nice Christmas, but Basti feels neglected uh, by being uh, out of the loop on all the family secrets, 
and decides to ruin the town's Christmas celebration, but after a little soul-searching, realizes his mistakes and puts on a show with his friends and his brother to make it up to everyone. Yeah, okay. Bossy didn't just make Christmas uncomfortable for the whole town. I don't... I, I, want, I want to talk about this part up front because generally April and I found this to be uh, a pleasant viewing experience right up to the point where Bosti outed one of his best friends in front of the entirety of a small town and then tried to uh, white knight his friend until uh, his friend submitted that like, yeah, I guess things are going to be okay. Not your fucking choice, dude. Not your fucking call. Yeah, he does He does gaslight his buddy into being like, but also isn't this really your fault that I told the whole town that you were gay without your permission or consent? And the, guy, and the friend was kind of like, you have a point, I suppose. German Jensen Eccles submitted and conceded to Bossy's request, which was wrong. He should have held true to his values. But then we couldn't have that sweet resolution at right. the end. We couldn't have had him share a tender smile with the bank teller no. as, they, as he was as he was playing bass guitar. As we all know, the gayest of the instruments. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to need to see an article back in that one up, John. No, it's not. The gayest of the instruments is a synthesizer. It's going to make sweet beats. Where do we land on a tambourine? That's, that's actually probably a little insulting. But, I mean, is it the 60s or is it now? Because Wait, it hold on a second. You can say synthesizer, but I can't say tambourine. Because you're imagining like a guy, like a very, uh, in my mind, I guess, maybe I am the fractious motherfucker. <laughs> but a, a femme man slapping a tambourine. <laughs> and I am imagining a cool dude in a tank top banging out sweet beats on a synthesizer. I'm not imagining somebody hitting a tambourine, and now this is a point in the podcast where we like to play the game, where is Chris going to cut this back in for the real cut? Oh, <laughs> leave it. Let me no, die here. I, I think the, I, if I understand what's happening here correctly, I think John is saying that, Brian, you're, when you say tambourine, you're imagining a very flamboyant gay man. Where, where you don't he, know John's what I'm just, imagining! That's your projection. Well, but I think that's, that's what you. John's trying to say. That's I'm not on saying you. you are, but <laughs> it might be on me. Yeah, but pivoting to the next point to, to get away from this conversation, Brian, I wanted to ask uh, you a question because you have brothers, right? I do. So, how do you see a scenario playing out if one of your brothers brought home an ex-girlfriend of yours as their Christmas date? Ooh, that's a great question. Put yourself in Bosti's shoes. That's here. a t- uh, man. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do that, and put myself, you know, in his shoes to the closest experience that I have with a situation like this, and I don't have it, and that's tough. I boned. I boned two girls that were sisters. Take take exactly. take that one step further though, because you have two brothers. Now imagine if each of them brought home separate ex girlfriends. Um, that'd be very now, difficult. Now we might have a movie. I don't now we think might have a that, movie. Right? I, I don't I think actually, that one of them would actually do that. You don't think one of them would do it, but you think another one of your brothers? Well, yeah, would. because one of my brothers does happen to be gay, so it'd be a very difficult oh. scenario in which that would happen. That is not where I thought that conversation was going. But now imagine I'm in front of town and this is my microphone. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd be very upset with myself, but my my brother is is 
out and proud, and I couldn't be more proud of him. Can you ask your brother what the gayest instrument is? For <laughs> just, just so we can have some backup and legitimize this conversation without sounding like the three straight white male assholes that we are, unfortunately. Sometimes. Yeah, we we don't do well always, and uh, we're we should add an extra disclaimer to the disclaimer at the top of the podcast. <laughs> But to to go back to Chris's original question, it would be awkward for sure. But the nice thing about our family is that there are two other siblings to help balance things out, you know, whereas it help kind of distract. Whereas otherwise, it's just you and the other person like it was in this show. Right. And then, they, then you have to physically fight everywhere that no two people would physically fight. I did enjoy that as soon as he saw his brother Klaus, he hit him in the face. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was fun. It was a little hard, I think, at the beginning of this show because they, like, half committed to these fantasy sequence bits. And so I think especially at the beginning, it was a little confusing where that sequence happened so early where it's like, okay, are we going to cut back at a point and be like, oh, this is just him imagining punching that, his brother in the face? But no, he, he actually punched his brother in the that, face. That was really nice. And I do want to say as well, you two watch this ahead of me, I think by at least an episode. And at one point to the listeners here, uh, Chris apologized to John, I think, for the fantasy sequences. And I hadn't really oh, gotten to that. Oh, that's not why I apologized to no. John. Hold on. No, 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 it's no. It's because the dad no, no. has cancer. You're right, because the dad has cancer. You're right. There yeah. wasn't an apology. There was a, hey, there was some kind of like heads up about the fantasy sequences. And then I got really confused because I thought the fantasy sequences would include like minotaurs, fairies, <laughs> and other like kind of Lord of the Rings forest shit. That'd be and tight. that never happened. I thought that the guy was going to start tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does though i think the thing that's funny about the fantasy sequence is they don't have like rhyme or reason or like a consistent way they happen mm, mm-hmm. they're just like sometimes he's like i'm gonna commit hyper violence to this bank teller <laughs> i or or yeah, like i'm gonna is, like the, the tone is what it just has some very wild swings to it and then the other one's like, I'm going to play a cartoon guitar for the girl who I think has a cute smile. I thought I thought it was all fun, though. I really enjoyed the cuts to him crying in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the cut of him holding a gun to the bank teller. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, the when they were hunting for a tree and their neighbor takes like the last good one on the lot and he imagines him and his brother going to tackle yeah. the <laughs> tackle the guy and and steal the tree and then he jumps. The best part of that one is that it ends with him jumping through like the tree netting hoop thing. There were like some good moments in this show where I was like legitimately laughing out loud but it was not i don't like especially when you compare it to something like dash and lily and that's the other thing we should mention that i did not at the top of the show is that this is a three episode limited series that we watched all of we're covering it all in one episode but yeah it, it was like the humor when you compare it to something like dash and lily like it didn't really have the same tone where like parts of it were very funny and then other parts were just very mellow where i felt like dash and lily was pretty mellow throughout the whole thing like there were like a couple funny parts but not 
anything I was laughing like very hard at where there were a couple parts here that I was laughing pretty hard at. Yeah, I enjoyed this more than Dashiell and Lillian. Is it because the main characters are around twenty mid twenties and we're in our thirties, <laughs> where Dash and Lily, they were seniors 12. in high school. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's got a little bit to do with it? But were they though? And I think like I mean yeah, I think the problems in this are more relatable for us. I think that's probably maybe why it was more, more enjoyable. Because we are not professionals, so we do not separate ourselves from the stuff we're watching. We have, like, bias and lack objectivity. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think the stuff that I'm, like, we're making fun of with this, like, where it's, like, the the plot, like, if you're being, like, wanting to be, like, critical, is probably a little overwritten. There's too much stuff in it. But we're also not German. So like that's true. We don't know. We do not know if like a thing that people talk about in small towns in Germany is that like oh if you're from a small town you'll probably sleep with like someone sibling or some shit like that. <laughs> like you don't know that that's like not a thing that's like that might be like just like a bit that is like part of Germany. So they're like oh we have to throw that in there. It's in a small town. That'll be funny, right? So like the stuff that like doesn't make sense to us probably to a German person. Is like like this is fucking dead on, right? <laughs> like two, this is killing it. Two things about this plot too that I want to get into and how it was written. One, it never felt too long to me, and I don't know how you guys felt about that. It never really, I never caught it dragging. It always kind of seemed to be appropriately paced. And then two, there were pretty decent payoffs for pretty much everything throughout the movie. Specifically though, is when they cut down the top of the church tree. I remember seeing in shots when they were going to church, and it was like, oh, well, these cowards, they're ruining the continuity because there's no tree in front of the barn that they had just cut down. And then the priest points it out and has a great sermon about it. I was like, oh, okay, that kind of pays off. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. And then there's a whole arc to the tree that ends quite nicely. They did, like, a lot of stuff that they, like, would go out of their way to make things make sense. Actually, I was going to say except for one part, but then I remember that even makes sense. Because it's like, I don't think that uh, Fine would know that he was falling in love with what's-her-name. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, he did tell her he slept with her. Like, yeah. It, it's, like, it does, it's like a very continuous plot. I would say just, like, maybe the only thing it's, like, lag, lagging behind. And I don't know, like, the nature of German television at, at all. But it's, like, it's not, like, super well-staged or shot. It's, like, Hallmark-level quality. I would, I would say the cinematography was quite enjoyable. Yeah, really. I there's, there's some nice. I think the town adds a lot of character to it, where like you don't have, like I feel like with Hallmark you get like these cookie cutter towns, but it's like this is like a real town, and like it's a kind of you can feel like you can feel that it is a small town. Yeah, just by the way it is shot. Um, especially like one of my favorite like shots was when they're just kind of doing uh Basti and Karina are just doing the like bike ride through town the second night they get together like when the bar closes and they just kind of like bike through town back to her place like and it's empty and dark I that I really thought was nicely shot what's the town called again uh Eiffel I, yeah it has a longer name and but it seems like they shorten it to Eiffel I guess they did a really good job of using some locales that were like did produce a lot of character like the skate park as a as a small as the local small town aficionado and i feel like all small towns around the world are the same because everyone's miserable like the church adds a lot of character that skate park feels like a skate park that's inexplicably in a small town Mm -hmm. well and i think to your point i mean i've i thought this was a fairly relatable 
like I like the time frame of this where it's like it's it's the 23rd to the 25th like that is yep. the time frame and I really enjoyed that because I feel like to me like the 23rd is a very overlooked part of the Christmas experience because and I will say like the way that these people are like going out on like the way that they were celebrating Christmas is definitely different like just in terms of like timing and when they're doing stuff and when they're not with their family and when they are but like the 23rd is like that's the going out night like yep. I, I I did that for multiple years in my hometown where I get friends together we'd go out to the bar and like we'd see other people and you know you'd hit your local watering hole and you know one of the really nice lines that I liked from this uh, which was towards the end and with his buddy Ingo that he that he outed, which again felt a little unearned when they like did the apology and whatever. But the nice line that he says is like, are we still friends? And the guy's like, yeah, even if it's only for three days a year. Like, and it's like, I feel like people mock that in some way or like roll their eyes at that idea of like, oh, I don't want to go back and see these people from high school that aren't a part of my life anymore or whatever. But it's like, I don't know, even if you're just connecting with someone for a few days, like it still can be nice, even if you're not the closest with them the rest of the year. There's a familiarity with it that is, for me, as the resident out-of-state podcaster here, there's a familiarity with it that's just associated with your concept of home, right? When he was pulling up to his house or his parents' house for the first time and what I presume to be a year since he was last there, maybe Christmas, maybe he was there beforehand. Five, five years. Five years? It had been five no, years. No, 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 it's, home. no, that's, that was the, we should sort that too because that was confusing to me. But the timeline is he, he broke up with Fiend, Fine, Thin, Fien. I can't remember what they're called. I think it's, I think they, it's Fine. <laughs> he broke up with her right after Christmas the, the previous, previous year. year. Gotcha. Okay. And then okay. she moved and then started dating his brother. Wow, what an upgrade for her. Where she gets she goes from fucking jingle writer to like what is it? Pediatric doctor and like Yep. 9 months. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> That's why I said good for her. But it's kind of like when you go to your parents' house, especially if it's the house that you grew up in, which is kind of long since past, but you've kind of got like your favorite spots, your favorite things to do with your family. You know, and um, your favorite one of your dad's whiskeys to raid when you're there. But uh, it's the same thing with friends sometimes. You know, you don't necessarily stay the best in touch when you're not home. But when you do, you kind of fall into old habits. And that's something that really, uh, that didn't seem out of place for me at all. Yeah, no, that was, that scene, those, that scene I think was like among the more relatable ones. Because as we were making fun of earlier, like certainly no one has the same relationship issues in their family that they do. But like, yeah, like we, you have like your few people you're stoked to see around Christmas, like in the hometown that are out of your family. And you're just like, this is tight. This is going to be like a tight two days. And then you all are like, well, time to go back to our, especially if you're from a small town where it's like, well, time to go back to our lives that are many, many miles away from this hellhole. Yeah, that was kind of the interesting thing. It's like, he seemed to be the only one to make it out, but I, I was kind of trying to piece this together in terms of, like, what the bigger meaning is, but it's like, he was the only one to make it out, but his, his like... His brother lives in Munich. Yeah, that's that's true, I guess, in terms of... But, like, in his circle of friends, you know, everyone else seemed to still be 
in the town and a part of it. You know what was nice, too, about the small town feel? One, this movie did a really great job of making Germany seem like the Washington of Europe. And I also, it's just kind of like rainy and foresty. Oh, I Snows see. occasionally. Okay. Yeah, not culturally. Uh, the second thing was, this is the first small town that actually felt like a legitimate small town. Right, I've seen shows and movies where the small town has a Starbucks and a Target and a Walmart. It's like, ah, it's not really a small town, is it? People just have disparate meanings of small towns right. compared to Midwesterners, I think. Like, if you're from the East Coast, a small town is like East, like Eastwick and shit, right? <laughs> Whereas, like, for us, a small town is fucking Hobart or not even Hobart smaller than Hobart like a small town for us is like Kashina or something where it's like there is four people here Hagerman Idaho <laughs> one stoplight yeah. yeah exactly so ne- I just think they have ne- different us. yeah <laughs> <laughs> who That's was that one for Florence <laughs> person yeah like there's just like so I just think they have like different meanings I even thought this was like I'm like this is a pretty developed town for a small town but I just assume things are more compact and yeah i mean it's your small town that also has like your full fledged senior living facility um although maybe that's like more of a government thing where with like healthcare. Um, all the small towns around me have senior living yeah i've never seen us be so comfortable talking about things that we have no experience with typically it's something about you know something we're way outside our means three white guys should not be talking about but uh you know german small town culture uh not too bad we like yeah it's we're just like we i don't feel like we feel threatened by the germans because like what are they gonna do no one has for some time yes (laughs) are they gonna do cancel us ain't doing shit we see your percentage in numbers yeah you're you're afraid to cancel us what do you guys think about basti as a character he is a very unlikable character. He's a whiny bitch. I understand what they are attempting with him, and I don't know. I don't know. I do not know if it's a cultural thing or if it's just like, just like maybe like a writer preference thing. But like, he does not come across as like redeemable. <laughs> he doesn't like. Say I'm not likable. He's kind of like Zach Braff and Scrubs at his lowest point. Mm. He's just. All he's just the not. Time. He's just like not playing up like something where it's like it's like all of his problems are things he created and then he's mad about them i don't know i feel like i'm like pre-naturally against any type of like singer songwriter like white males struggling singer song i i just feel like in the states that is such a played out you know storyline that it's like really we're supposed to care that nobody likes your music when right this is something that went through my mind. It's like, I don't think anyone sets out into music. And I obviously, like, didn't... Fuck, I haven't fucking touched my guitar in ten years. But it's like, I don't think anyone goes into music and it's like, I'm going to be the next fucking songwriter. Like, he's already he's already in, like, stage two of giving up on his dreams. Yeah. <laughs> like, I also, like, I wanted to know more about how he got, like, that initial success. And, like, how he wasn't able to parlay that into, like... It's like someone liked your music enough there, so why... Why couldn't you translate that into a greater thing? Well, why have this crisis of confidence? (laughs) They had to hang out with Irish Chris O'Dowd. 
Right. And then they were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> this guy is just complaining about everything. I don't understand where Bosti gets the gall coming off like a middle child when there's only one other sibling. And he is he's the, the oldest. oldest one. And he yeah. is the oldest one, right? <laughs> and he's like six and he's like six five. Really man. really grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah, he's had a good go of it. He has. Get, yeah. Yeah, I don't get why he like there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that makes like I'm sure I'm sure maybe is it like a translation issue possibly or just like something but he's like he's so indignant about a lot of like kind of bullshitty stuff mm-hmm. like I'm trying to like mentally run my mind through like if someone in my family was like dating one of my exes and I would just would probably be like cool like I would be like maybe like confused and slightly upset for like four hours and then you have to be like you know they're family and like that that shit didn't work for me before yeah i already made the comparison to zach braff once but again it reminded me a lot of his character in garden state right some similarities there where he had a hit thing already zach braff had acted in something and this guy had the jingle um it's just without uh, he was zach braff's character from garden state without the xanax I vote he was Kristen Wiig from Bridesmaids. <laughs> because he, first of all, looks like Chris O'Dowd. So that's cool for that comparison. But also he's just like a mopey boy who's who's made his own bed. I thought I was going to look at the credits of this guy, the actor who played the character Basti, and see that, yeah, oh, it's just one of the, it's one of those German pop singers that is breaking kind of into an acting scene and doing a good job. That's my, that was, that was my guess too. And he's not. Look at us, Brian. He's not. He's like a German Canadian comedian. Oh. Yeah. Very interesting. I wonder if that's why he wore a Montreal shirt. Probably why, yeah. First. I thought that was going to be an O Montreal sweater. And no, it's just Montreal. Mm. And, it, and that's why and that's why this movie got close to being a winner, but then it couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. I did find myself... The, the tricky thing with him as a character is I did find myself rooting for him at times. Mm-hmm. Or, like, just being like, oh, like, that's nice. Good, like, when, like, the first episode where, before he hooks up with um, Katrina, he... Karina. Karina. Oh, Karina, yeah, Karina. sorry. Karina, he gets, like, his friends, like, invite him up to the piano to sing this song, and everyone's singing along, and I'm like, oh, don't be a fantasy sequence. I really was expecting it to be, like, a fantasy sequence where it, like, cut back, and it wasn't. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like, this is what I like. Like, this, everyone should be friends. And then he, like, and I think maybe that's, maybe that's probably the point of the the whole episode, or the show, to a degree, is, like, you know, it's about him, like, getting out of his own way and realizing, like, you know, it's not all woe is me. It's like, oh, yeah, like, if I just let myself enjoy certain things that are happening around me in life, like, the rest of my troubles kind of can fade into the background. It's not woe is me. It's woe is we. Woe is we. <laughs> it's it's better we to fucking just have friends and be nice to people. And not out your friends in public. Don't and do talk that. About the, don't do that. And don't publicly, weirdly, destroy a nice relationship you were having with mm-hmm. probably the most likable character in the show. Right, right. I'm going to say what Chris said, but just a little bit differently. And that is, I didn't find myself rooting for Bosti, but I did want to see the emotional growth happen. Yeah. Which, 
I, I mean, I don't mean to, like, shortcut this conversation, but, like, did anyone else feel unsatisfied by the ending a little bit? I truly only wanted him and Karina to get together. That was all I was invested in by the end. Yeah. Right, and we I didn't... Do not, I, I'm like, we didn't get that. Like, Yeah, and a little... A little smoochy boy after the musical would have been nice. A nice yeah. little get a little nice spinny camera on that, call that a day. It's exactly no. what I wanted too. I enjoyed it because it wasn't a happily ever after. It wasn't a, oh, all these characters are going to be set up for the rest of their lives. To me it was more so, okay, we've seen the emotional growth and then we can kind of assume or, you know, imagine uh, what happened afterwards because I don't think it's realistic to think that him and Karina were going to stay together for the rest of their lives kind of like the, what they were pushing towards you know he was going back oh. to he was going back to uh, Mu- not Munich um, Berlin Berlin like the next day so like where but do you expect he, that he, relationship to go he, he doesn't he doesn't have to go back to Berlin he works in a call center I mean it's she has she has a nice bakery he can just like vibe with his cool girlfriend and write music for yeah go teach go teach music at the local school i mean it's it's a weird it's like you can shit on hallmark movies all you want for like the plot contrivances that usually wrap up those movies at the end where it's like oh well i'm not going back to the big city because i can do my reporting job remotely from home (laughs) or i'm gonna open up a new like tech startup in this town and we're gonna we're gonna create jobs for century i'm gonna i'm gonna start my new architecture company in this town of 2000 (laughs) but it's like it seemed like that is where this was headed so to not get it at the end felt very unsatisfying where like we didn't have like oh what's Basti gonna do next uh, you know, is he gonna hang out and help his dad now that he knows he's sick? Is he gonna, you know, stay in his hometown now that he realized, like, oh, like, look, he's got all these great friends here that, you know, still want him to be around. And do we get the kiss at the end? And we don't get any of those things. And I just was a little upset about it because as trite as it is, I wanted it. I wanted it at the end. That's, I, I've, the, the show, I, I don't even know, like, I guess it's just kind of maybe like relating to what you're saying earlier where it's not like a consistent tone, but like I was trying to be like, well, maybe the kiss would have been too saccharine and it's like a lot of it's kind of like pretty, pretty like mush and nice and like trite. So it's like, I don't think it would have been out of character for it. I think it would have been a nicer ending than the grandma making a weird joke. The grandma character did not work for me at all, except for her. Oh, enthusiasm for watching Die Hard and Die Hard 2. But it's just like, I, we, we've been here, I, done this with the with the Betty White grandma. grandparent before. I liked her, I did like her as a little like knowledge source after he ruined everyone's day. Yeah. I thought that was, that, nice. was, that was a nice little scene to have where she was like, hey dude, like you should really probably fucking apologize to some people that care about you. And also that girl's like probably good for you in your life. You should really especially apologize to her. But it's also just, like, I think it's kind of, like, what makes it a little overwritten. And I don't know if, like, maybe they felt like they needed to give Bastier, like, so many things go wrong to make him have to have that explosion. Mm-hmm. But it, but for how much of a thing we watched, so, like, a lot kind of happened. In it. Like, a lot happened in it, and it's, like, 
all bad, but not really, like, super bad. It's not, like, they're not really, like, showing Basti having, like, an overly hard time. Like, he's having, like, a reasonable hard time for what's occurring to him. Yeah, well, and it's, like, he's short on money, but we never really see that come into play. Like, I kept expecting, like, maybe at one point the, like, bartender to bring him a tab and be like, Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen on the first bit where they were, like, Yeah. Guest of honor. Like, where he's going to be like, ah, good job buying beer for everyone at the bar. Here's your tab. It's 7,000 euros. La, 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 la. Yeah. But he's just the most egalitarian bartender in the world. Did anyone else also think that bartender was part of the band? No. Uh, initially? <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I thought, no. I thought the way they interacted, I was like, oh, this guy's part of the band? I didn't realize I didn't realize his brother, Nicky, was part of the band until like yeah. much later in the series. Well, cause... I didn't realize they had a band until much later in the show. <laughs> they did They did show in either episode one or two him looking up at the poster. Yeah, I thought that was just a German pop band or something. I didn't realize <laughs> I did it was too. their yeah, band. It doesn't particularly look like them, so when he double-looked at it and I looked at it again, actually the only person I was able to pick out easily was Nikki. Oh, and the no. second time they showed it, I was like, oh, it might be his band. Tight. Because then there was, like, a tall, red-headed motherfucker in there, too, so I'm like, ah, this adds up. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we've uh, been discussing the ending here, it's maybe time to give some final judgments on this German series, and... Uh, I'll be honest. This is a this is a tough one for me. So I'm I'm gonna be interested to see where you guys go um, for this limited German series. Are we going to call it a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal? And if I had planned ahead of time, I would have maybe looked up some German phrases to replace those. But is it one family member partner swap out of two, or two family member partner swaps out of two? It's the post-credit twist where Fine ends up dating the dad. <laughs> no, the no, mom. No, no. It's it's the post-credit twist where she's dating both the mom and the dad because oh, yeah, they yeah. were spending they were spending a lot of time together and they really seem to like her. Yeah, they're a big fan of that's they they clearly prefer Fine to their children. Where's yeah. her family, by the way? <laughs> her family's just not as good. Yeah, I think that was. Did you see? Did you? Did you see their house, Brian? No. That house fucking oh. goes. Yeah. No, I told April, like, if we ever win the lottery and get to build a house, I like the I like the design of that house <laughs> a lot. Yeah, Germany looks tight. <laughs> Donate to the Patreon, live podcast from Germany. <laughs> I go, yep. <laughs> from the Eiffel region. From that weird pulpit in the church. That was, yeah, that was quite the pulpit. Oh, yeah, that priest is up there, wasn't he? Yeah, he He's was. Saying shit. Motherfucker saying shit in church and stuff. He was. That was honestly a, a highlight of the show. Is where that that priest loses it in the sermon. I was yeah. laughing pretty hard at that. That was, that was a good moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a very good one. All right. Who wants to jump in on some final judgments? Who feels strongly about? I don't. I don't feel strongly, oh. but I have. I have a thing to say. Okay. I, I, All right. All right. If you are German, mm-hmm. I think this is a pair of socks because you can understand them and you can <laughs> and you can watch this in the background because pro- to me the best part of it is its soundtrack yes very good didn't get to that very part. good yes the very the music, very good soundtrack music was very good kind of outside the box surprisingly uh, mostly in english um yeah. 
Almost exclusively, except for, like, the last song. Yeah. And for Roy and Billy and Roy, it was not in English either. But. Yeah, but, yeah, a very, uh, and used in a very gentle way. Yeah. Never hitting you over the head with it. Christmassy, mm-hmm. but not in your face about it. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, and if you, I'm sure the bits are funnier in German, and you can just, like, listen for the little bits. And, yeah, so, like, I'm sure if you are in the language speaker and you can, like, do other stuff while you're watching it, absolutely a pair of socks. Like, a very good pair of socks, I assume. If you are a English speaker who does not understand German like us and you need to devote three hours to it, I can't in good faith make that recommendation. So I will probably call it unless you're very interested. Yeah, I, I I think just jumping off of what John said and given our our difficulty in qualifying this, it's the the tough thing is is I I feel like a pair of socks is still a slight recommendation, and the hard part about recommending this is the length, and the fact that you need to pay attention to the subtitles, and I don't know that unless you are like really into it, that after that first episode, let's say you try the first episode that you would feel very strongly to continue watching this. And I don't know that I would go out of my way to recommend this to anyone. Now, on the flip side of that, I feel like saying it's a lump of coal is almost too harsh because it's not terrible by any means. I enjoyed a lot of parts of it, but that's, I'm kind of, I'm almost like, do we give this our first ever, like, I'm like, do we give it a DNF or a DNQ? Like, does not qualify for... For, no. for uh no classification no. what the hell are you talking about no this is a nice pair of socks for any region of this globe right you are not gonna look <laughs> you are telling me you look me look me in the eyes that i do not have a webcam to do so and tell me you did not you how are you going to watch something you don't want to look at your phone for three hours. As a boy, you want to fucking... as someone who prefers subtitled anime to dubbed anime, when I do well, hit I do, those I moments, I I have I feel like I have trained myself to do so, and I think this is charming enough where I can recommend this as a uh, fun pair of socks that have some quality to them. Like the socks that I got April for Christmas one year that said, my dog and I talk shit about you behind your back right it's the music the acting the writing i think it's good enough where you could spend the 23rd 24th and 25th watching this maybe not every year but i certainly wouldn't be disappointed if i ended up watching it again and how dare both of you say that just because it's in another language it might qualify in some other weird cat no it's christmas that's not what i'm saying and i think what john is also saying is that a pair of socks we typically recommend as something to have on in the background while you're doing something else. And because this has right. subtitles, you can't have it on in the background and do something else and still follow what's happening. You need to sit down and pay attention to it. And that's the tricky part. Now, I will say, since you have committed to classifying it, I think I also will say a pair of socks because I still feel good about giving it a slight recommendation, even if just because I enjoyed it. But again, I don't know that I would necessarily like go out and tell someone like, oh, you're looking for something like fun and different to watch for Christmas? Check out this German show uh, that you need to spend three hours watching. I, I just don't know that I would do that. 
the only reason this doesn't get Christmas classic for me is the way he apologized to his friend after adding him to the whole town. It's better than the way he apologized to his black friend, which was to not apologize to him. You could be the mayor. It's like some real Back to the Future vibes there. Right. Yeah, just just kind of just kind of like, what about this guy? He's cool. Huh? You guys think he's cool? Yeah, isn't he also cool? He's a cool guy. Yeah, we like him. He's a tight boy. Tight boys, you know. Tight boy summer. <laughs> tight boy summer. <laughs> I think it's got to be a tight boy summer. <laughs> tight boy fall. Tight boy Christmas. I like I have it if you are a German speaker on the high end of socks and an English speaker, like, low end of socks, it's not, like, it is absolutely not close to anything, to as bad as anything we have watched that we have given lumps of coal to. Right. So you're saying, you're saying these are are darn tough socks on one end and uh, champion cotton socks on the other. These are some Kirkland's. Some Kirkland brand socks (laughs) on the other, yeah. It's just, it it depends on, like, a, a lot of, like, factors, man. Like, Listen, I do this podcast. I love you, you guys. Yep. I do not in generally, I do not in general seek out Chris, Christmas media, and sometimes I'm fucking bored by the themes. I can't be, bo- I can't fucking stop watching an awkward like a scene that I find uncomfortable or weird during this to go fucking play Pokemon Go or some shit because like I have to be reading, and I'm a fucking himbo, baby. John's biggest enemy. John the Himbo. Alright, well, I think we that was I don't want to say contentious, but that was maybe our biggest struggle of um trying to land on something. And I enjoyed every minute of, of reaching this point of calling this a pair of socks and consensus with you boys. But I think we can say that is gonna do it for our adventure, our German adventure. What an adventure it was. What an adventure it was. So that's going to do it for over Christmas, but that means we're coming up on our final bonus episode before kicking off season three in earnest. Big stuff happening, but if you followed us last year, you also know we like to do some special stuff in October. So I'm going to turn things over to John, who's going to tell us what we're going to be watching next month. Hold on, let me. I, I've leaned back in my chair, so let me hold my microphone <laughs> like I'm doing a promo. So professional. In the wrestling, in the wrestling <laughs> style of one. William Goldberg, aka Bill Goldberg, uh, who's in Santa Sleigh. We're gonna watch Santa Sleigh. We're not watching Nightmare Before Christmas. Polyamory's over. Now we're about murder. <laughs> now we're about murdering all those murder, murder, murder. We're murdering it out of college, baby. Santa Sleigh, Goldberg. This guy directed one movie. It had, looked like it had a five-year production period, which is fucking funny. And he was Brett Ratner's assistant. Oof. I saw it on Spike TV as a child. Oh, boy. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any great serving, uh, streaming service for this one, so uh, we're just going to kind of be watching it on our own. Uh, we know that kind of goes against one of the major tenets of this podcast, but, you know, we make exceptions in the bonus season, so. When it's, when it's John week, I get to do what I want, baby. John gets to close it out for us. All right, so Santa Slay in October, and then it's going to all happen very quickly. We're going to have our, uh, season three kickoff lineup reveal shortly after that. And then starting up season three in earnest right around Thanksgiving and taking you all the way through Christmas. Big stuff happening. More details to come. But get excited. 
A great way to do that is by reviewing the podcast, leaving us a rating, uh, but also let us know uh, what you're thinking for this holiday season. Reach out, Gmail, yuletidetv at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at yuletidetv. And uh, that's kind of it. We uh, appreciate you listening, and we hope you join us, because season three, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Give us sponsorships. We'll we'll take most things, unless your brand is, like, weird. We <laughs> will write our own give me, Christmas movie. Give, give me, send me a keyboard, but make sure it clicks loudly. Something that doesn't click loudly. Send us microphones that make a sound beautiful and keyboards that are soft clicky clackies yes. honestly if you work for a compressor company that's probably what we all need <laughs> probably probably could help external we're, hard we're drives uh also helpful uh Here, here's this new new patreon goals okay five dollars we'll do a crude drawing of you in a christmas background all right for fifty dollars we will write you into a short story for $100, you get your own TV episode with your name featured in the script. For $500, we'll write you a movie script. <laughs> For a grand, we will write you your movie script and then do a live reading of it with you featured at the table. All kinds of great ideas. But until next time, I've been Chris. I have been Brian. A Vitorsen. I'm... Yan. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're glad you're still alive. Slaybell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from SoundBible.com and Joy to the World provided by FreeXmasMP3.com. This was maybe the most professional we've ever been, which is fucking staggering.